What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire season, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. We've got new articles every single day of the week up there, so make sure you check that out. And of course, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. You can check out, uh, we, we will check out together the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let's talk about this situation without Tyron Smith, man. Let's talk about it. I will open up things in the chat with a big question. Do you like or dislike the idea of having Tyler Smith at left tackle? The Cowboys have not made any official announcement regarding what they will do without number 77 healthy. But, you know, initial comments from Stephen Jones on the radio heavily suggest that the Cowboys are keeping it in-house. That's what he said, that that's the first step they're going to take is going to find what the in-house answer to that is. And we know we know better than to believe there is any other possibility within the team that's not named Tyler Smith. It's not going to be Josh Ball. It's not going to be Matt Walletsko. If the Cowboys keep it in-house, that's Tyler Smith at left tackle. We know that. Do you like it or do you dislike it? Let me see some of your answers here. I will give you mine as well. And then we will get into what can we expect from an offensive line that doesn't have Tyron Smith in it. Let's see. Uh, we've got Toxic Tom saying dislike. Mike with the dislike. We've got Hallie here in the Facebook chat. What is up? Uh, Craig says, I like it. Gregory says, did like. I, I don't know if that's a typo for dislike. Oh, yeah, it, it is. Uh, Charlin Evans with dislike. 7-Eleven says, like, let's see what he is about. Uh, Jessica says, Tyler got this. I believe in that young man, so she likes it. We should trade for Denzel memes, says Mark. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I would like that move. Uh, I would be surprised if the Cowboys pulled that off, though. I don't know. Uh, Jerry says, I dislike it. He will get too many holding penalties on the outside. You can hide it inside. You can mask it, which was, which has been, Pretty much the entire point that we've been driving home since the moment that Tyler Smith was drafted, right? We've been talking about how while he's on the inside, it's not like it's any easier, but it's definitely a place in which you can hide it a little bit better. That's That's been the, the conversation around Tyler Smith for a long while. Now, he might clean those penalties up either way, but I agree that he's at a higher risk if lined up outside on that front. Uh, need experiences, Reginald. Let's see. Sorry I'm late, says 68. Now, you don't have to apologize, man, but I appreciate it. Welcome into the show. Todd says, I love Tyler at left tackle. I'm going to be honest. Uh, we have we have some uh, split answers in the Facebook chat and the YouTube chat. Scott Cole says that he likes it. Eric Lee says that he likes it as well. So more like more likes than dislikes, which is something that I am surprised about because my answer, honestly, is... Dislike. I would much rather have this team go out there and sign somebody like Eric Fisher, Daryl Williams, maybe get Isaiah Wynn in a trade with the New England Patriots. That's what I would have preferred. 
But, you know, Tyler Smith, at the end of the day, was a tackle in college. He was a tackle that needed to rework his entire fundamentals. Uh, that process will need to be hurried. And I don't like the fact that he wasn't able to train as a, as a tackle in training camp. So he will be shoved into the position that he played in college, but a position that he hasn't worked in at an NFL level seriously. Because he, he did so in, in the spring, of course, but without pads. So that's an entire different ball game. I am concerned about it. Uh, I, I will say that I am legitimately concerned about the situation at offensive line. Right now, the starting lineup appears to be from left to right, Tyler Smith, Connor McGovern, Tyler Viadish, Zach Martin, and right tackle. And that's a dangerous proposition. I don't have any questions about Zach Martin, obviously. I have reasonable questions about Terence Steele. I know he can be decent. I know he was decent for the Cowboys last year. And if he progressed so much from year one to year two, I need to give him the benefit of the doubt that he will do it again from year two to year three because that happens a lot in the NFL. But also, and we'll get to this later in the show, a lot, a lot more will be on his plate. And he might be the player that might need the biggest breakout on the Cowboys offense in order to keep this unit together. So I have reasonable question marks about Terence Steele. And about those three on the left side, uh, from Tyler Biotish to Connor McGovern to Tyler Smith, I have legit concerns. And, you know, Tyler Smith, just based on the fact that we know about the potential, we know about the explosiveness, the hand strength, the nastiness that he brings into this game. But we also know about his problems with hand usage, with hand placement and timing, and, you know, just the entire footwork aspect of it. We know that it was an issue when he was at Tulsa. And we know that it can be cleaned up, but it all feels a little bit hurried, which is what we didn't want from Tyler Smith's development. McGovern was not good last year. And Tyler Biotish, uh, I like him. I don't think that he is an issue. But it's also not a center that he is also not a center that makes me feel like uh, Zach Martin does at right guard. So you've got three consecutive question marks on that unit. And as such, I was thinking today about what can we expect from this offense to potentially mask what could be a mediocre offensive line because it might be a mediocre offensive line and it might not be of course Tyler Smith might end up being a surprise uh, a surprisingly ready left tackle at the NFL level he might be uh, Connor McGovern given the opportunity to you know get some starts together he might prove to be better than he looked like last year but until proven that, that is, this is my official stand on this offensive line unit, until proven otherwise, this is a mediocre unit. We don't know if the Cowboys will end up throwing us a curveball and end up signing a, a starting left tackle or maybe a, a trying to change things up in a creative way that we're not expecting. But based on, on that expected lineup that I just mentioned, I will call it a mediocre unit until proven otherwise. I think that's fair. So what are three things that a Cowboys nation should expect from a Tyrant's mid-less offense? 
And of course, feel free to chime in with your thoughts anytime in the comments. Agreements and disagreements are welcome in the Facebook chat and the YouTube chat. Number one thing that I believe Cowboys Nation should be expecting more of is way, and I was going to call this way more 12 personnel, but instead I am going with way less 11 personnel. The Cowboys were actually top 10 in 12 personnel, which is one running back and two tight ends last year. They were in the top 10 in the league. However, they need to pass out of these sets because even though the Cowboys used a lot of 12 personnel sets, they were 24th in the NFL throwing out of 12 personnel. So that tells us that when they got into those heavier sets, it was to run the football. The Cowboys need to use more of these formations, but they need to be willing to be less committed to the run when they do. Because you're also playing with a little bit of, you know, with a little bit of predictability when you get into these sets and all you do is run the football. Because the Cowboys had the 24th highest pass rate in the NFL when getting into 12 personnel. Now, we talked last night about the possibility of keeping four tight ends. And actually, my roster projection for game they had four tight ends in it. Oh, this is the defensive side of the Okay, here we go. I had Schultz, Ferguson, McKeon, and Hendershot making the team. So I didn't want to use more 12 personnel because maybe get 13 personnel in there or maybe get 21 personnel in there. The point being, to be more specific here, Increase your numbers in pass protection. Get your offensive line some help because 11 personnel will be difficult to survive in, especially on that left side of the ball with that group of players. You're going to need to put more obstacles in the way of edge rushers, of defensive tackles. You're going to need to add some numbers to that pass protection scheme. Now, that's not ideal because the more players that you have blocking, the less players that you have running routes and, you know, trying to get catches. But if the Cowboys are going to be, you know, and of course, short passes are a must with a poor offensive line because you've got less time to, to, to throw. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to need vertical routes to develop. And one of those ways to develop these routes is to add numbers to your protection. Uh, so, you know, C.D. Lamp, Dalton Schultz, and everyone who goes out there and runs a route is going to have a bigger challenge than usual if this is the case. Uh, let's see some of your comments here in the show. Todd Cook says, I got us keeping four tight ends. Six to Midnight says, I like Dak just as much as Voro. I'll give you the wideouts, though. Uh, more 12 and 22 personnel says Six to Midnight. Stephen Jones setting McCarthy and Dak up for failure says Jeffrey Miller. You know, as, as dramatic as that sounds, I mean, I cannot, uh, I cannot uh, deny that there's something to this because the front office could have done a, uh, could have done and could be doing way more than they have this offseason. So right now, uh, we're pretty much talking about what the coaching staff can do. I agree with Jeffrey, man. I, I don't know if they are intentionally doing it, 
but they are setting them up for failure because these there's no way you can look at this offensive line. There's there's no way. You you were looking for a, an offensive tackle before Tyron Smith's injury. Then he gets injured. And then if you bring somebody in, it's a swing tackle. It's it's not somebody to take up that starting role. What is up, Full Canelli? He asks, has Mo picked his 53-man roster yet? Yes, we did. We, ha we had a deep dive into this last night in case you want to check it out uh, with a lot of predictions in there. Uh, you can check that out. Last last night's episode was pretty fun to put together for sure. You, you can you can catch the replay in the, in the YouTube channel. Todd says he may not, but I got Hendershot making it over McKeon to start. Well, we've got the four of them on, on primetime last night, and I agree with Todd, man. Hendershot appears to be a, a legit blocker, and that will earn him a role on this offense, I believe. And hey, that circles us back to more 13 personnel, more 12, 21, 22, whatever you want it to be. You're going to need to increase those pass protection numbers. And of course, you're going to be you're going to have to be creative enough as to who you are getting out in routes so that you don't become predictable to the defense. But anyways, more 12 personnel or less 11 personnel, whatever you want to call it. Maybe in, in while the Cowboys get healthier, we're going to see 11 personnel in less than 50% of the snaps. That, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But anyways, number two on this list. And I actually have a question for you before we get, in, before we get to number two. Within this context, are you... And, and I know you guys hated it. I know you guys hated it last year. The screen passes. We're going to talk about screen passes here really quick. Last year, we wanted less of them. Now, though, now within this context, are you for or against having more screen passes on Kellen Moore's offense? Let me know in the comments what you think about this. And while you do that, and before I give you my official answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is a CX-5 2.5S Premium. Last week, we also talked about a CX-5, but this time we're stepping it up. Let me tell you about the features of this fine vehicle. All-wheel drive, Wi-Fi hotspot, adaptive cruise control. You guys know that I love Apple CarPlay, and this one has it, and Android Auto as well. Heated leather memory power sitting you need to check out the sitting on the freemanmazda.net website and of course a miles per gallon capacity of 25 in the city that goes up to 30 when you are in the highway so make sure you check it out the interior pictures and the outside pictures of this vehicle on freemanmazda.net and remember that when you pick freeman mazda you're picking a lifelong partnership with your car dealer so make sure you check that out so in favor or against more screen passes, Jeffrey says, Kellen is so predictable. Toxic Tom says, Kellen, more screen passes, hard pass. Holly says that he's against. Let's see. Oh, Bruce, Bruce has a solution right here. Bruce is saying Mazda CX-5 for swing tackle. I, you know, I am for it, Bruce. Let's get that Mazda CX-5 in there. 
Let's let that vehicle save our season. Gilbert says, I'm for it. Throw it. Uh, forces Bruce. Joe says, I'm in favor of on-screen plays. Yeah, man. I think that one of the things that this offense will need is way more screen passes. This might surprise you. The Cowboys were 21st in the NFL in screen passes usage. They were they had the 21st highest rate of screen passes in the league. A lot of us, if we didn't look at the numbers beforehand, would have assumed the Cowboys were among the teams that passed uh, that throw the football on screen passes, you know, at a very high rate. Right? But they were 21st in the league in these kind of plays. I think the frustration comes from the fact that they were top five in third down. So I'm going to be more specific here, and I am going to call for more screen passes in early downs. Let's get these wide receiver screens, these running back screens, early in the down and distance situation. Let's not wait until third down to try to catch defenses off guard, which is kind of what went wrong with the Cowboys last year in, in the screen passes area. Let's get them in early downs. You need to get rid of the ball quickly, man. Uh, you need to help this offensive line out. And you cannot hope for the perfect read each and every time. You need this kind of constrained place to make it work, in my opinion. So I am actually in favor, in strong favor of more screens. Six to Midnight says more tight end screens. You know, it's about mixing it up. As long as they're not using the same designs week in and week out, these could work. And I would look at, you know, the Packers quick game, for example, as a manual to the 2022 season because it, the Packers quick game is very efficient. It is very creative. And when you look at it, you, you see how Matt LaFleur puts his players in very favorable situations. I would be all for, for more screen passes in there. Toxic Tom says, Mo, I want more explosive plays that stretch the field, especially in the middle. That is in screen passes. I want that as well, Toxic Tom. I'm just, uh, in order to get to those deep throws and to those uh, downfield plays, you need time. You need time to let those develop. Yeah, because at the end of the day, those those receivers, they need to, to run uh, 10 yards downfield before the break, right? Or sometimes seven yards downfield. You need time for that to develop. Do we trust this offensive line to provide Dak Prescott that time? I know we hate it, and I know and I know we want more explosiveness. I know we want more vertical plays. But unless uh, unless this offensive line exceed uh, significantly exceeds expectations, I'm not sure we're getting plenty of that. I think we're going to get more quick passes involved on this offense. Now, I will I will get you those downfield throws though, because at number three I've got more rollouts, more designed rollouts or sprint outs, because you know those two are different. But use Dak Prescott's mobility to let a plays develop. Those plays that Toxic Tom is talking about in the comments, 
those deeper routes. Give them time to develop using one of Dak Prescott's biggest strengths, which is his mobility and his ability to throw on the run. So I'm talking about rollouts. I'm talking about play action boot passes. I am talking about sprinting out as well. Uh, Dak Prescott can do that from the right side and has an uncanny ability to do so to the left side as well, even though he is right-handed as most quarterbacks in the NFL are. But yeah, this is something that I would definitely call for. 7-Eleven says, sprint outs to Martin sides only, please. I don't hate that. Uh, Alex Gomez, what is up? Thank you for being here. Toxic Tom says, I am tired of these stale check down passes that Garrett loved. Time to kill the roots of the Garrett tree. You know, but at least Garrett had an offensive line, right? And, and, and like a very decent offensive line that we wanted the Cowboys to exploit. Right now, I, I just look at this unit and I know we will get more quick game elements to this offense, even though we want the deeper stuff. Let's see. Uh, let's see some of your comments here in the chat. Six to Midnight says, if our run game is more like 2018, then maybe we can use that to our advantage in the long ball. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Uh, Holly's is check downs or fail safes. You need them. We did talk earlier in the offseason about a statistic in which Dak Prescott needed to improve on. And that's definitely one area that I would be looking at heading into the 2022 season. Dak Prescott had one of the highest checkdown rates in the NFL on third down. So if you have one of the highest checkdown rates overall, that's not necessarily wrong. You maybe want to be somewhere, you know, in the average because if you are never checking it down, then that's also a problem. You need them, as Holly said in the Facebook chat. But you maybe want to be somewhere near the middle of the league when it comes to check down rate. But Dak Prescott had one of the highest check down rates in third down. And that's, of course, not great. You don't want to be in that spot. So I do want Dak Prescott to throw less check downs, to be completely fair. Now, I am very bullish on Dak Prescott. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think he's a he's actually going to be one of the biggest strengths for the Cowboys. But one area that I would like for him to improve on is exactly that. We are good when drafting first-round offensive linemen. So 7-Eleven, we can't seem to develop offensive linemen drafted any later. That might be fair. That might be fair, although I will say how many... I mean, we, we, we were spoiled for a long time at offensive line. So I'm, I'm trying to think of examples of how many players and what kind of, in what rounds were the non-first rounders drafted. And maybe we would have to take some time to actually look into that to get a proper evaluation of how the Cowboys do with non-first rounders at offensive line. That That's actually a pretty interesting topic that someone should uh, put some research together on. Charlene Evans says, do you think we, we will get a legitimate backup quarterback if Dak goes down? I don't trust Rush or Greer. I would like to say that I do. Um, I don't think so. 
you know, if Dak goes down, it's going to get ugly. Like, if Dak goes down, we will just throw the white towel, like, for a significant amount of time, right? If he goes down, though, like, for a game or two, I, I bet they will, quote-unquote, like their guys, honestly. Go get Cam Newton or Mason Rudolph, says Charlene Evans. 7-Eleven says, Mo, let me ask you this. Does Dak see a third contract in Dallas? Yeah. Yeah, I would be confident in, in saying yes, he does. Gregory says, Torpin would be fun out of the backfield. Pitch outs and quick slash plays inside and screen plays, says Gregory. Hey, hopefully they're able to add him in a way that, that is not gadgety that he can have a legit role in this offense. And for that, he will need to be able to run the route tree, right? I hope I hope he's able to do that. That's one of my biggest questions about this offense in 2022. Can Kevontae Turpin run the route tree in order to be more effective when he gets these kind of plays? Because I agree with Gregory, you need to exploit Turpin's speed with this kind of plays. But I find that in order for that not to be predictable, he also needs to run regular routes. So we'll see how that works out. I'm looking forward to seeing how Turpin fits into this offense. Turpin should run 99% of all our screens to 7-Eleven. Hey, he's got a point there. But anyways, those are three things that schematically I think the Cowboys should do. The other one, uh, the final thing that I wanted to say today, and I have a question for you on this very topic as well, is, man, I don't think, you know, other than the obvious ones, other than uh, C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, I don't think there's a player we need a bigger leap from than Trent Steele at the offensive line. My question for me to you guys is from 1 to 10, how confident are you in turn still making up for Tyron Smith's absence? You might think right off the bat, well, it doesn't matter that much because one plays on the right side and the other plays on the left side. But man, this will put so much pressure in Terrence Steele. This whole thing puts so much pressure in 78. Because the Cowboys are going to have to change their whole offensive line philosophy heading into the 2022 season. You're, you're going to have to slide to the left side pretty much every snap, in my opinion. That is, that is likely to be the base call. And I'm looking forward to seeing how these will work out for the Cowboys. Usually teams have a base call to where their offensive line is sliding towards. Some of them will slide towards the weak side. Uh, some of them towards the strong side or to the weakest side of their offensive line. And Tyron Smith allowed you to just trust him to win his blocks and, and try to slide the offensive line towards the other direct direction in order to get the double teams on that direction, right? I am thinking most of the slides for the Cowboys will go towards the left side. And, and, and maybe for those of you who want to visualize it a little bit better, this is a very, you know, basic way of looking at it. But, and of course, that's the, the 2021 uh, offensive line. I opened up the first picture that I found and, you know, 
I just took a screenshot of it. So I really don't know which side they're sliding towards in this particular play. But in pass protection, the theory is to get as many double teams as possible while protecting the A gaps and the B gaps. Those are the priorities. But anyways, you're likely to see three of your offensive linemen sliding towards one side. And, you know, I'm talking about the most common scenarios because there are a lot of intricacies to this whole thing. And then you've got one side of the offensive line that will go into quote-unquote man protection, and they're going to try to win their one-on-ones. Usually you could trust Tyron Smith and company to handle that. Now it's going to be Terrence Steele with that pressure on his shoulder while you get the slides towards your weakest part of your offense, which is going to be the left side. I think Terrence Steele is the most important player that the Cowboys need to, to you know, take a big step once more heading into 2022. I'm concerned about this whole thing. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. You guys know that I am uh, always objective when I have the microphone and the camera in front of me. When I'm watching the games on Sundays, you don't actually uh, see me freak out. But when we're here in the show, I try to keep it as objective and I, as I can. And this is a concerning unit. It definitely is. We're banking on a lot of unproven players, honestly. Uh, first and foremost, Tyler Smith and Connor McGovern on the left side. Definitely concerning. Uh, let's see some of your answers regarding your confidence on Terrence Steele. Professor O's is 6 to 10. Hollies is 8.5. Jeffries is 3. Gregory 5. 6 to midnight 5. Peter Rizzo is 7. 4.99 says Charlene Evans. I like that because Charlene is trying to not ride the fence. She doesn't want to say uh, 5. So, you know, 4.99 is the answer. 5 for Spiral. I will go... I will go with a 4.5 because I also don't want to ride the fence. But my message being, there's a big gap between what Tyron Smith is and Terrence, and, and Terrence Steele is. Steele shouldn't be the starting right tackle of the Dallas Cowboys, if we're being honest. It should be Lyle Collins. If, if, if the team had done things properly, with the objective of having the best combination possible at the offensive line. And that's my point here. I think he's going to take a, a, another step, or at least I'm hoping for it. He, he progressed immensely from year one to year two. We'll see if that happens again, heading into year three. But hey, it's a concerning unit. And those are the things that I am looking forward to, to seeing in this offense, though. Uh, way less 11 personnel. Just a quick recap of things. The Cowboys need to pass more out of these heavier sets. More screen passes. I'm sorry, Cowboys Nation, but get ready for it. I want more screen passes in first down and in second down. We got plenty of them in third down, but we need them early. We need to get rid of that football earlier. And, of course, we want more rollouts from Dak Prescott. Sprint outs, whatever it is, to let plays develop down the field. We'll see how it works out. Uh, 
under 24 hours until we get the final or the initial 53-man roster. Uh, keep in mind a few things before we go. Keep in mind that the initial roster is very different from the game day roster because some players will be placed on IR. I was genuinely surprised as to the reaction from the report on the Cowboys planning to keep James Washington in order to stash him on IR until he's ready to return. I was pretty surprised at those who were against it, at those who just wanted to cut James Washington. I honestly didn't know that was a thing until I saw today's reaction on social media. We actually talked about this last night here on Primetime. I am expecting Washington to be a part of this roster and maybe the Cowboys are going to have to take a risk in letting go either Noah Brown or Dennis Houston. Those two are my, my guesses as to who the Cowboys could risk. On one hand, Noah Brown doesn't have to go through waivers. So it's maybe a safer bet for Dallas to cut Noah Brown and re-sign him later. You know, otherwise, Dennis Houston has to go through waivers. He could be claimed by another team. But also, you can look at it from a different perspective and say, Dennis Houston is not a starter like Noah Brown is. So do you really want to run that risk and potentially lose Noah Brown? And then suddenly you don't have a guy that you were hoping to have in your starting lineup in week one. Uh, there's, of course, uh, you know, agreements that are in place, but you always run this risk. So I think Dennis Houston could be, you know, waived and then re-signed to the roster. Anyways, we'll see what happens. The point is, I like the bet of trying to keep James Washington on IR. This is a very thin group. We shouldn't overrate the depth of this position group. We know very little about these players, many of them, uh, pretty much anyone not named CeeDee Lamb. So I like the plan B of having James Washington on IR and the Cowboys potentially bringing him into the active roster later in the year. I think that's a pretty smart move by the Cowboys, honestly. Uh, I, think, I think there's no other alternative. You cannot let James Washington go just like that. You need to place him on IR. So just remember that the initial roster is far from the final roster. And let's just keep a, an eye out. I'm sure we will talk a lot about it tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. 7-Eleven says Noah Brown is a starter by default. But you do have Jalen Tolbert. And apparently Noah Brown is number two on the, on the offense instead of Tolbert. You do have, uh, of course... Simi Fehoko, Dennis Houston, and it's Noah Brown. The guy, the guy that's above him, above them, is Noah Brown. It's not the other way around. So it is by default based on the injuries. I agree with that. But also he did enough to earn that right of being a starter. Gregory says, uh, hopefully Gallup balls out when he gets back. I am pretty confident that he will. You know, it's an ACL injury. Players start getting back at full strength when they come back. Uh, Six to Midnight says, Mo, I stopped playing The Last of Us Part 2 so I could watch your show. Thanks for making it a good one. Six to Midnight, 
The Last of Us is my favorite video game ever. So you don't have an idea of how much that means to me. Uh, it really is. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Last of Us is just a masterpiece, man. I, uh, I have no words. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Six to midnight for that. I'm sure it wasn't work, worth it, though. And I'm just kidding. Uh, gotta risk it for the biscuit, says uh, Six to Midnight. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight on the show. Welcome. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. Thank you for joining the show. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. Share the stream. Every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. I really don't know how how the algorithm works, but I know that hitting the like button takes you about two or three seconds, maybe less if you're quick with your fingers. So make sure you, you, you do that. Uh, I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Have I played part two? Of course I did, man. It took me about two or three days when it was released uh, to play it. I will not try to play tough here on the show. Uh, so I will admit that I cried on the two, you know, I cried in The Last of Us 1. I cried again in The Last of Us 2. And I probably will cry every time that I play through it. That's tonight's confession from me to you guys. <laughs> every time you click the like button, a puppy is born. This is Professor O. Thank you, everyone. All right, I will I will get out of here. I will let you guys get to your uh, The Last of All video game sessions or whatever you're doing this Monday night. Enjoy it. Have a great Monday night. And I will see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. Tune in tomorrow morning for Skywalker Steel Show as well. And check out the website. And remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And I will see you tomorrow. Hasta mañana. Nos vemos. Adios.